Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. The people who are at the top are now saying that they are supposed to do um, toilets and, all, and those things, which we all know that these are the work of assembly men and some kind of electrification, um, street lights and other stuff. So. People, they are not doing that because of money. They will go into assembly and get the money and they sit back. So I think people are not getting what they have to get from them. So that is why they don't want to participate in it. Yes, that's my And we stay on the district level elections because uh, in the Ashanti region, uh, where the so-called municipal director of the National Com Commission for Civic Education, NCCE, Nathaniel uh, Chenebrakodia, is uh, optimistic that the upcoming district level elections will record high voter turnout, mainly because of the interest of constituents to vote against the underperforming assembly members. I'm even uh, I'm hoping that it will even cross 50%. Because, um, as I said, we done a lot of engagement. Mm. They, they express willingness to vote this time, to you know show their uh, locomotive power to the uh, the leadership. Mm. Because some of them they said, oh, because the promises that the assemblyman made, he wasn't able to fulfill. Mm. So they want a new face. Mm. For that matter, they will vote whatever means um, possible. They will use it and vote, and then. And maybe have a new face. So um, let's say this time around mm. is better than um, the previous. Uh, based on what are you saying? I'm saying that based, based on, around based because... on the, 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 the interest of the public. Mm. Because I remember 2019, we can we, we, we can move to a church and you finish and you, you see people lining up to for questions and they say oh, they won't vote. They won't vote because. Uh, they haven't seen any development in their community. They won't vote because the promises that the assembly member made, they haven't fulfilled it and all that. Mm. But this time around, you go to a community, I think they've understood the concept of our democracy. So you go to a community and uh, you do the education and say, oh, fine, the assembly member couldn't fulfill his or her promises, but they will vote and then change the assembly. And 29-year-old uh, Zainab Balhassan is seeking to make history as the first lady to ever contest the district-level elections in the uh, Kokoti electoral area in the Ashanti region, competing against uh, three other men. She hopes uh, on improving the current uh, state of the market in the area and helping uh, to curtail teenage pregnancies uh, in the community. Anita Sawajoga puts a spotlight on female participation in local governance ahead of the upcoming district level elections. 2012, there were 29 representing 11% females and 246 representing 89% males among the 275 members of parliament. 
After the 2016 general elections, Ghana's parliament recorded 35 representing 13% female MPs and 240 representing 87% male MPs out of the 275 members of parliament, while the 2020 general elections recorded 40 female MPs representing 14.5% and 235 representing 85.4% male MPs. The situation at the local assembly level is even worse, signifying a decline. Zainab Al-Hassan reviews some of the challenges she has faced when she decided to contest the district-level election. Oh, I would say um, it was a mixed reaction. And so a lot of people are happy that I came up. Then there's the other side. Of course, you can't aspire for any political position and not expect the other side to come at you. We've had uh, people tell me that, um, oh, you're a woman, go and concentrate on marriage. You're a woman, do this. People actually came to my father to tell him to ask me to step down. They came several times. And I believe it's because they think I am a woman. Because they, we have four other men contest, uh, contesting. Why are you asking them to step down, but you're asking me to step down? Teenage pregnancy and poor sanitation at the Kokote electoral area have been major challenges in the area. Zainab wants to lead the crusade to tackle the menace if elected as assembly member. So I believe as someone who has gone to school, someone who knows a little bit about the going in and out of the assembly and everything, I will be the best person to lead my people to get the things that we deserve as Ghanaians. Currently, I work as a research assistant at the Parliament of Ghana. And being at the Parliament, I have seen the things that are handed to MPs to be moved to their various constituencies, to be given to various assemblies in the constituencies. And so seeing all this, it tells me that a lot of things are going on in the country that the citizenry must benefit from. The cotton market is one of the biggest markets we find here. But the market is so dirty, the market is so deprived of a lot of basic things that a market, a private market should have. We don't even have security men to protect the market. And the only reason why we are taking it as it is is because there's no one who stood up and spoken against it. And so I believe that if I'm given the opportunity to become the assembly member, these are some of the things that I will look into to ensure that those who are being paid to do their job, they actually do the job that they are being paid to do. Although the district-level election is non-partisan, some assembly members at Kokote in the Ofenso Municipality Assembly are politicizing the polls. This adversely affects aspirants who are not affiliated to any political party. I am here for them. I am here for the people of Kokote. I'm not here based on any political party. I'm not representing any political party. Although even in assembly elections, it's not even supposed to be partisan. But at this point in our lives in, as Ghanaians, we've turned assembly elections into partisan politics, which is not supposed to be so. But I am not here for any political party. I am not here for my individual interests. I am here because of the community that I grew up in, that I love and cherish so much. And I believe there's a lot that I can lead to do for my community. The Alliance for Women in Media is, however, encouraging the electorate to vote for more women in the district-level elections slated for 19 December to promote inclusion at all levels. 
For Joe News, Anita Sewajuk's report read to you. And of course, uh, John News has been interacting with uh, some more members of, uh, you know, aspiring members of the local assemblies across the country. Uh, we start off with this one again uh, from Christiana Abochi, who's uh, been interacting with some of the aspirants. Do you know your assemblyman? No, please, I don't know. Yeah, meaning my assemblyman. Yes, I know my assemblyman. No, I don't know my assemblyman. No, I don't know my assemblyman. No, I don't know. I haven't seen it before. With the 2024 elections coming up, amidst the spotlight on presidential elections, there exists a pivotal but often overlooked part of our democracy, the local government elections. Over the years, fewer and fewer Ghanaians tend to pay attention to these elections only in the immediate run-up to the post, and these Ghanaians are only in the rural areas. A few days ago, Minister for Local Government, Honorable Dan Boche, um, underscored in Parliament that over 6,000 local leaders will be elected into district assemblies. I entreat my Honorable Members of Parliament in this August House to whip up enthusiasm of the electorate to turn out on Tuesday, 19 December 2023 and vote massively for the representatives to their respective district assemblies and unit committees. Right, Honorable Speaker, decentralization has brought government closer to the people than it has ever been in almost three decades. We are simply looking for insight on the roles of these assembly members if they're living up to their expectations and generally how we feel about them because each one of us belongs to an assembly and these local leaders paid by our government taxes have a crucial role to the development of our community. When you vote for these leaders, they do not do anything in the community. I don't see the reason I should waste my time to vote for them. It's always a repetition. You vote one into power, and they don't do anything until the next elections, and the next person is voted into power. There really is no use in voting for them. I have noticed that if you vote for any leader in this country, you are simply giving them opportunity to enrich themselves and their families. That is why I'm not interested in voting for anyone. For local government, I also be represented. If something is going on in your community that is not good or needs the attention of government, that is the person who is supposed to go and represent and talk about your grievances. How do we make sure, say, going forward, no, the right thing is done? Oh, I'm not only person I can vote together. I am not the only person who needs to vote for them to work. If I don't, someone else will, and if they win, they will do what they have to do. See me. And you have win. So what you're supposed to do, you have to do it. Well, from this little disco, it is clear that the disconnect between the election of these local leaders into assembly and districts and the roles and responsibilities that they're supposed to be fulfilling is one clear reason why there's a declining voter participation in the local elections. And thanks for staying with us here on the Pulse on the Journey News uh, channel. We're taking a break. When we return, uh, we'll speak to some more aspirants in this uh, upcoming district level elections. Please stay.
district level elections to choose assembly members and unit committee members. The Electoral Commission of Ghana is calling on all Ghanaians to vote in the upcoming district-level elections on Tuesday, 19 December 2023 from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. to elect new members to the various district assemblies and unit committees in the electoral areas in all polling stations around the country. The ballot paper for the district assembly elections will bear the names of your electoral area and candidates with their photographs. As a voter, you have to select only one candidate. You then go for the ballot paper for the unit committee elections, which also bears the names of the units and candidates with their photographs. And voters are to select only five candidates. Participate actively in selecting your local representative to the various metropolitan, municipal and district assemblies. Remember, district assembly and unit committee members are your agents for development. So go to your polling stations and vote on Tuesday, 19 December 2023. Your vote is your future. Every day, people have money emergencies. Mom, I need my school fees. Emergency. Mom, I need money emergency. 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 Catch it. I'm your rent. Emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, challenge, enjoyment. At the top life we got. Dial star 770 hash for all your money emergencies and chop life. Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Echo Bank, the Pan African Bank. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface like this. That's so true. I can see S I N T E X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil. That's not true. But why? Why? <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? And that's how the Venetia come for Nochi Teaching Hospital. Yakrakranibia and then it's here with you, so, and and 
Nansu yang kwa tia drumra, nwani ya hangai. Ebe hiyan umua, ansani ni swadimu uwe ya bem. Yika krafa ma, yika krafa buwa. Ni hiya, ayema yengina. Buwa, na otumfuwa hiyo kath project no. Enyuye bayo. Ube tumia fasa hakwa yinu biyasu, edi abuwa. Thanks for staying with us uh, here on the polls. Uh, we're still exploring the concerns of uh, some of the aspiring uh, members of the local assemblies as they head in for that uh, election on December 19. Joining us now is uh, Caleb Bwachi. He is one of the uh, candidates going into the elections uh, in the uh, Mantrabu yes, uh, uh, area, uh, of course, uh, electoral area. And uh, it's good to be uh, talking to you now and having you join us. In studio. Uh, first of all, let me take your thoughts on you know this trend we've seen over the years. Uh, why there seems to be apathy, a lot of people not concerned about local level elections, and why we need uh, more and more participation. What, what do you feel is accounting for this you know challenge? Why people are simply not interested in what's happening? Okay. Thank you so much, pleasure. It's really an honor to be here. I've watched you a couple of times, and I think you're one of the best at TV and everything. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, now to your question, uh, the reason there seems to be apathy yeah. in, yes. It, it boils down to the whole lack of partisanship that's, in, that's absent in this whole thing. I mean, a couple of years back, the party, I think the MDP government tried to, mm. you know, get this whole thing to be political. And then, you know, because once it's political, it raises the interest and then the kind of investments that goes into it, it goes a long way to even give us better platforms. Because if it were partisan, political parties wouldn't be free to support their people. And then we get better support and develop better. Mm. Because in the end, we are, we are the ones going to take over from them. And we are, mm. if you are not getting the best help at the moment due to the lack of political participation, mm. it goes, it, it, it turns but, but out. It, but it's often a controversy when you say, well, we need a political party. Uh, participation even at the local level because some say that that's not the spirit of the constitution. It will be a challenge if you bring in political parties now. They will still, in fact, they, they will just end up making everything partisan at the local level. Don't you feel that maybe we should be exploring other means instead of inviting these political parties to be a part of it? I am actually quite 100% certain that it's mm. only a matter of time. Right. It's only a matter of time. If you observe what happened. At the level of parliament, both parties seem mm -hmm. to be on the same page. Right. But along the line, people are doing their political calculations and realize that if they ditch it, it's going to be in their favor. Right. So it's just a matter of time. It's not even a question of whether it will be done or mm -hmm. not. It's just a matter of time. And I don't think it's going to... So what are we saying? If we say that if we bring partisanship to the lower level, whatever is going to cost, the harm is going to cost, why is it not costing it up there in the presidential and the parliamentary level? Uh, but, but, you know, uh, the, the point about, you know, uh, the challenges you face as, as parents, 
uh, has come up really strong, strongly. And, and I'm sure that will be part of the challenge you face in the trouble electoral area. Uh, th- this issue about funding and how you know, the Assembly member is able to carry out developmental projects, uh, what, what kind of promises have you been giving to uh, the people you've been asking uh, to, to vote for you. I'm just wondering, because if you make too much promises yeah. and you don't get the funding to do it, it might be a challenge for you. What, what kind of promises are you yeah, telling actually, the people? A couple of them, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I, for Chobu, for instance, I have a very good relationship with the business community there, and there are a number of good businesses there, garage people, hospitals, and they are well-meaning people who are ready to contribute sort of their corporate social responsibility mm. to helping the local level development. So I have good relationship with them. I've gone to see them and it's not something that you can bind on them, but mm-hmm. through moral suasion right. you can get them to chip in here and there. So I've actually organized a quarterly uh, sanitation and sports festival. Okay. You know, the idea is to bring sports to sort of draw the youth and then we use the sanitation that the community needs. So we do the sanitation in the morning, mm-hmm. and then later in the evening we organize the sports, yeah. and then it gets them. So we clean. It's, it's a quarterly. I, I see. So you are not going interested in going to say, oh, I'll build you this, I'll build you that, I'll get your road done. Because your opponents might be doing that, and, and that will be a challenge. But, you know, it, it just brings up the question as to funding for, you know, assembly members and how they can go Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Are doing their duties. Uh, I had one of your, uh, you know, counterparts in one of the areas saying, let's try and, you know, replicate what happens to the MPs, for instance, because they have some level of common fund that they use at the district assembly level. You are the real members of the assembly at the local level. So let's try and decentralize some more and give funding to the assembly members. How crucial would that be in changing, you know, the duties of an assembly member? It will be key. I mean, it still boils down to the decentralization, proper, mm. decentralization, yeah. uh, proper decentralization. Because yeah. all this, if, if, if decentralization was really working, mm-hmm. these questions will not be coming up. Right. There will be things in place, specific duties and roles for assembly men to play. But because the, I don't know if it's funding and... We've not really we've achieved decentralization on paper, mm-hmm. but not in reality. Right. So there are a lot of gaps that, if if we are allowing decentralization to work as our at the forebears of our constitution envisaged, mm-hmm. it will be great. So yeah, I, I think everyone is looking forward to that. But now let's talk about the competition you face in your area. You're coming up against um, uh, three or two individuals two actually, um, yeah. that will make all of you three now into the uh, elections. Uh, what, what kind of a message are you preaching and how do you feel you, you, you're being accepted or rated within the Trouble Electoral area? Actually, I, I, I think it's... I, okay, so I've lived in Trouble since 93. Okay. Yeah, I was a little boy when I came to Trouble and it's practically my home. Right. All this. Apart from being in the university and coming back, I've lived in Trouble my whole life. Right. And I've already impacted a lot in the lives of the people of Trouble. I've taught for 10 years in the... Community. Yeah, community. Mm. 
I have what I call Honorable Boache Helpline, where there is a number out there, mm-hmm. and I have a standing team of teachers who are ready to give tuition to, doesn't matter where you are within the community. Right. So the whole, there's a whole procedure. We get you, once you call the number, we get consent from your parents, mm-hmm. and then I look at where you are, how close is it, it is to us, and then I get you someone who will help you. And you know these kids have issues with their math, and yeah. yes. We are doing a lot, actually. Aside that, too, with the sports and sanitation thing I mentioned about, we are, we are also working on it. It's a, it's a quarterly thing. That's something not yet to be done. We yeah. do it already. And then the conscientization is the key thing for right. me. You know, it comes to where we are all sitting down, actually, talking about waiting mm-hmm. for funds. Yes. But I'm a person of initiative. Mm-hmm. I believe in certain things happen, starting something. Once you start, you get people to help you. So the whole thing is we really need to recycle ourselves and understand that, listen, we cannot always be saying, what is government coming to do for us? Mm-hmm. We live there. Government isn't there. Right. We have a gutter problem. We have this problem. If we come together, we can raise something small. And even if the government sees that we've been able to raise something and we're about to start, they too will be able to chip in. Mm-hmm. Once we start, because there, there is a gutter in Chobu that's been right. there for my whole life. Right. Everybody's complaining about it. I'm like, if, if, if we say, let's say four years, my plan is that within these four years, we're going to start get, getting all the businesses around. You buy us one bag of cement. If, if it takes the four years, if I'm able to achieve that one within the four years and I don't do any other thing, I think... Oh, Your people will appreciate yeah, we'll appreciate it. Because the flooding and everything, it's, it's, it's a kind of toll is taken on the people. So I'm talking about initiative, where we don't sit and wait for government. What can we do as a people for ourselves? And do you see that level of reception from, from, from your um, electoral area um, members? You know, because... Just as we're pointing out, and we played that tape uh, a while ago, some people indicating that you take pride in the honorable title okay. and, and not necessarily what you would be doing there. You just want to be called an honorable member of the, uh, of the, of the local assembly. I mean, nobody can deny the fact that being called honorable has some prestige to it. Yes. But we cannot compare the glamour of ours to those above. <laughs> it goes in comparison. Yeah. But the thing is, some of us, we, we believe that it's more of a calling, mm-hmm. understand? something we feel deeply, personally, that yeah. we want to do. And this is just the beginning for some of us, you know. So if you don't do your work right here, I mean, you, you get stuck. So there is, we, we're actually beholden to them. Mm-hmm. I, I am beholden to them, let right. me say. Yeah, that, so uh, it's incumbent on me to do my work right so that wherever I want to get to, because they are the same ones who carry you to any other level. Yeah. So, and you spoke about the reception of our message. Yes, exactly. About getting them to people to yeah. accept you. You know, you, you just uh, this guy says what we hold these truths to be self-evident. So while you are preaching it, what you are preaching should be self-evident. Mm. People should look at you and see that this person is saying this and he's living what he's saying, not just words. Mm. So the initiatives I'm talking about, I'm already doing it. Yeah. So they say that oh, okay, if this guy was able to help us do this without external government help, then indeed what he's preaching is true. So it's, it's getting down. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, let's wrap up with this aspect. Payment of um, salaries to, you know, assembly members. It's come up really strong, strongly. I, I don't know what your, your take is on it. Do you, do you feel that it's time for your members, your, those who are moving into the assembly, God willing, if, if you're, uh, of course, uh, elected, you then be a member of the local assembly. Would you want to see a day where all of these assembly members will be paid across the country? That, that would be great. I mm. mean, who wouldn't want to be paid, you understand? Yes. Yeah. But for me, it's not really about getting paid because all right. of us work already. Okay. So we have our work. But, I mean, it's, it's money. I want to get money. But the focus should be on 
decentralizing, realizing real decentralization, mm-hmm. so that there will be systems in place for us to bring the development that people want. That's, that's the, the thing for me, not really about how much anybody will yeah. get me. Systems, let's actualize our decentralization. Yeah. I'm sure there are many people watching us in the trouble area now. Uh, if there's a message to them, what would you like them to know ahead of the December 19 elections? So, uh, on, on Tuesday, mm. 19th of December, the people of Chobu are going to get a very rare opportunity, the, the clearest opportunity in any generation to make a change. The, the thing is, if do you want Chobu to continue to be as it is, or you want to see change that you can touch, change that you can feel? And that is what Caleb Wachiba is presenting. I'm bringing change, change that you can touch, not just lip service. And it's not just me. I'm, it's, it's going to be together because I cannot do it alone. Right. You know? So we, we come up with those initiatives. We sit down, Jojo, and see. So this is change, change mm-hmm. for you. I'm number one on the ballot. Look mm-hmm. nowhere else. Caleb Bwacheba, Honorable for Chobu Electoral Area. Okay. Uh, Caleb, uh, definitely join us. We'll be there to see what the outcome of the election will be. Yeah. But thank you uh, so much uh, for joining us. We stay on the district level elections uh, because the Electoral Commission says that it is getting great responses towards the uh, district level elections. Deputy Chairperson in charge of uh, Corporate Services, Dr. Bosman Asari, is uh, optimistic. Uh, participation this time around will be 60%, uh, and that will be happening coming Tuesday. He's been speaking to my colleague, Mamiesi Nyamiche Thompson. Well, the district-level election has been on the front banner this week, and we are here at the Electoral Commission to get a preview of what events or preparations are being done towards Tuesday's process. I'm here with the Deputy Director of um, Corporate Affairs at the Electoral Commission, Dr. Bosman Asari, to fill us in on what they've been doing so far. Dr. Bosman Asari, we're grateful for your time here on Joy News, and we are thankful for giving us this opportunity. Well, what really has been your preparation so far towards the election next Tuesday? Yeah, uh, thank you very much. Uh, from the standpoint of the Electoral Commission, we are, we are fully ready uh, for the election, both the District Assembly and the Unit Committee elections. All the measures we have to put in place as an election management body, we have done that. Uh, currently, as we speak now, uh, we, are, we are deploying our, our, our equipment, we are deploying our ballot papers, we are deploying almost all the essential materials that are required for us to have a very, very successful election. So from the standpoint of the Electoral Commission, we are fully ready. We are only urging the general public to be fully, fully involved. There is a saying that all politics is local. So we expect that for district assembly elections, being our local elections, our local kind of politics, all of us should be able to get involved so that we, we get everyone voting on that day, then we can have a very higher voter turnout compared to the previous one. Well, it's interesting how conversation has uh, come up about participation. There are fears or concerns about apathy. In fact, we've spoken to people, residents in these electoral areas who don't seem interested in the process. As a commission, what in your own way are you doing to whip up interest in the election? I think for, for, for us, we, we have a, a mandate that is clearly defined in the constitution. And it's very, very clear that we are in charge of organizing. But as an institution which is also a major stakeholder as far as the development, the democracy of our country is concerned, we've gone out of our way running several commercials, uh, TV promos, radio uh, broadcast advertising, telling Ghanaians that we have elections on December 
19 from 7 a.m. to 5 uh, p.m. at all our polling stations. And we are doing that on several uh, TV stations. We are doing that on several radio stations. And individually, our officers in the districts are going to the churches. They are going to the mosques. They are going to the market centers telling people about the district-level election. So as an institution, we are very much committed. We know that if many people go out there and they vote, it inures to our benefit as an institution because it will send a clear signal that many people are taking part in the democratic process. So we are going out of our way to ensure that everyone takes part. And this interview we are having uh, this morning is a clear indication that we want many Ghanaians, as many as possible, to get the information that the district-level elections are just imminent, just next week, so they should prepare themselves. We know there are many people who registered in their, in their hometowns and they may be living outside the hometown. So we want the information to get to them so that they will be adequately prepared to go to these places to go and exercise the franchise. Well, um, talking about the measures you've put in place, to but I want to know the response you're getting, because um, just yesterday we spoke to the local government minister, Dan Boche, who is saying that they anticipate over 50% participation. In your own way, I mean, what has been the response since your education, I mean, what you just spoke about, has the, has the response been positive? No, I think from our perspective, the response has been very, very uh, positive, largely because, you know, in 2019, we had almost about 37, 38% turnout nationally. But this time, based on the feedback we are getting from uh, the commercials we are running, mm. and you know, we have this thing we, we do, which is in the law called Platform Mountain, right. where those who are contesting as assembly members will go from one community to another community to engage in debates and tell people about their, their manifestos, what they intend doing for their electoral areas. And we, the information coming to us is that the enthusiasm level is very, very high. People are participating in their numbers. So we are also looking at something between 50 to 60 percent. Wow. And, and as a commission, we, we think that many Ghanaians are interested in the process and the measures we've also put in place should be able to ensure that people come out in their numbers. You're that confident because the concern is also that mostly people in the urban areas hardly participate in these elections. Well, from the rural communities, you get many people who actually have a close relationship with these assembly um, aspirants or candidates. But in the urban centers, how confident are you that they will partake in this exercise? No, I think uh, the, the data is very, very clear that in the urban centers, especially regions like Greater Accra and Accra proper, and you look at Ashanti region, Kumasi proper, usually the turnout has been very, very low in these two places. And, and, and other major cities like Cape Coast, Takrade, Sunyani, etc. But this year, uh, we, we, based on what the work we are doing and what the assembly members themselves are moving around, telling people about their programs, their manifestos, what they intend to do in their various communities. We get the feeling that the urban centre numbers will increase. It may, that may not still compare to what will happen in rural regions and rural communities, but we, we expect to do better than what we did in 2019. And I think for those of us who are in, in, in the urban centres too, we need to be encouraged because uh, this is our local uh, governance system and if you live in a locality the onus is on you to be able to 
take part in, in, in decision making at that particular level. And we run an indirect democracy system, a representative kind of democracy where all of us cannot be in the assemblies and make decisions. Mm. What we are saying is that we are entrusting decision making into the hands of some individuals. So if you live in an urban center, you need to be interested in the decision being made by your, your district assembly. So why not take part in electing somebody who can go to the uh, district level and make decisions? You can even have a meeting with these individuals and tell them these are some of the challenges we are facing in our communities. I started by saying that there is a saying that all politics is local and we need to get our local politics right. We need to ensure that we elect right women, right men to go and represent us in the assemblies to constitute the unit committees. And once we have that, maybe some of these developmental challenges we are talking about in our districts, if we can get the assembly concept right, a number of these problems will minimize. Well, do you, do you also share the view that um, lack of political influence is what is causing apathy uh, in this election? And would you ascribe to the fact that if political influence is involved in the process, it will whip up interest in this election? Well, I think, you know, the, the law is very clear that political parties are not supposed to have candidates in the district assembly elections. So until the law changes, I don't think we want to talk about that. Nevertheless, we, we have credible evidence indicating that in some parts of our country, the parties are actively involved to the extent that they, they even meet and determine who will represent. So that they, they only have situations whereby two people from the same political party we do hear of this information. So I don't think it would be right to conclude that the parties are not in any way involved at all. I don't think we can conclude. However, I think as a country, we need to discuss it. Well, we've had this concept, remember somewhere in the 1980s, this assembly concept predates our current presidential parliamentary right. election. It's been there for a while. So if we do the review and we are not getting the results, maybe we may have to go back to the drawing board and see what can we do to whip up the enthusiasm. Maybe the assemblies are not delivering. Mm -hmm. That's why people are not showing so much concern why they should well, take part. Which is a very key concern yes. because mm -hmm. if the assembly is not delivering, especially in urban areas where I'm okay with my business, I'm doing well living, yes. why yes. do I need an assembly yes. member mm -hmm. or you know, waste my time going and stand in mm -hmm. a queue and vote? So maybe if we get involved properly, maybe our businesses will live in improve or they will do better than they are doing now. So I made an earlier point, let's all be committed to it. Because we spend so much money uh, on sanitation, on a whole lot of things. If we get our assembly concept right, a number of these challenges, as I said, will minimize. And those of us who are in the urban centers, again, in terms of education, we have the education. In terms of enlightenment, we are more enlightened. In terms of understanding, we understand. So maybe it's high time we got involved in the assembly concept and let's be interested in those who are going to represent us at the various levels, the unit committee, the assembly, and let's see how we can take advantage of their presence to improve upon security in our communities, education outcomes, and etc. Et right. So I think that um, enjoy to you have a role to play. You are, you are a leading media organization in the country. Mm -hmm. Maybe you, the few days... Uh, before we have this election, devote some time, talk about it, and even demand that all the workers of joy must take part in the assembly 
and maybe start Which asking them. Which we're already them, doing. In fact, this uh, whole week we've been on the district level important. elections, mm-hmm. speaking to the minister and other stakeholders mm-hmm. who are also interested in this. But let's come to the logistics. Um, how many of your officials are out there have the um, um, the papers or the you know um, statistics you need to ensure? A transparent um, election has it already gone out? What's the status? No, it, 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 you know our our processes are such that we work with some timelines. Currently, the item that must be at the district level, they are all there. We still have some few items that must go. But per our work plan, we anticipate that by the end of this week, every district should have everything they need to be able to. Uh, training of the officials who are going to be doing the elections. The trainings have started. We've done the national training. We've done the regional one. Currently, as we speak now, we have started training at the district level. And in all, we are going to have about 38,315 polling stations. You know, all the districts are taking part in this exercise, with the exception of Nkranza North and Nkranza South. Or they had their elections in 2021. Mm -hmm. So they will have their next election in 2021. 25. So apart from that, all the polling stations, we are having the election. So we are just telling every Ghanaian who is a registered voter, just go to your electoral area. If you don't know the candidates, as we speak, they have their posters scattered in the various electoral areas. And we have individuals there who are in charge of, we call them uh, uh, return of special duties, who are in charge of the elections at the various electoral areas and we are also running commercials to tell people to go out there and vote so from from our uh, perspective we are fully ready all logistics are set so come tuesday beginning from 7 a.m we do expect that anyone who avail him or herself at the polling station will have the opportunity to vote for his assembly is our assembly member and unit committee members. Well, you bring up the issue of incrans, and my mind goes to T, um, some areas where there have been some conflicts and whatnot. In these areas, when or how will these people partake in these elections? Will there be other areas you said? Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. for these people to go and vote? Currently, uh, you know, we, we, because of, uh, we are not experts when it comes to security. We work with the Ghana Police Service under the Election Security Task Force. And as we speak now, we haven't received information to the effect that we cannot have elections in the OT area. No information like that has come out. And police has, the police has given us the assurance that as far as security is concerned, they are going to ensure. So until they tell us otherwise, we are, we are very much convinced that come Tuesday, all the 38,315 polling stations are going to have their elections. Including conflict areas. Including conflict areas. Because we've never had any information to the contrary. Yeah. If we hear the information, let's say, Boko, you know, during the registration, we couldn't have the registration during some days in the Boko municipality. We got the information that it wasn't... Uh, the conditions will not be good for us, so we didn't go ahead. So if we hear anything or we receive any credible information to that effect, we are going to advise ourselves 
accordingly. Well, let's talk about transparency. I mean, your core values, transparency, fairness, integrity. Mm-hmm. How are ensuring that those the elections will be free and fair? No, I think the Electoral Commission has the track record when it comes to uh, ensuring credibility, transparency, and we we are ranked in in in, in our sub region. Uh, we 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 are ranked as number one, and in Africa wide we are we are used as as a case study for many countries. So in terms of our transparency, our fairness, openness, accountability, credibility, I don't think. All, all, all the players have confidence in us and they know that EC will do a very, very quality work. Well, what about security? What's the logistics with the Ghana Police Service in ensuring that this election goes well? I think that's right. we, we are not the expert. We've engaged them and they've given us the assurance. All the polling stations are going to have a security presence. And, you know, in the scheme of the police, they have places they call them. Uh, flashpoints and based on previous elections they are able to identify places that will require more security personnel in that manner so as far as security is concerned we we are we are convinced and we we have the track record of excellence when it comes to ensuring uh, effective organization of elections ensuring that security are present in all the centers so we have the assurance from the IGP and its men that they are going to do whatever is necessary whatever is proper to have a very smooth and successful election. I know this election is close to the Christmas time. Exactly. So all of us want to have a very peaceful <laughs> exercise so that we can take the break and prepare. You know, we have another major yes. activity next year. next year. So we want to have enough time to rest, then come back uh, strong, uh, fully persuaded to ensure a very successful 2024 exercise. So what will be special about this election? Um, really talk about technology that will put the selection at the forefront. What is the Electoral Commission doing differently? No, I think what, what we've done so far is that as a commission, I, I, I made a point that we have a mandate. Our mandate is purely to organize elections, show people how to vote. Why people should vote is not really so much our business. That's the business of other agencies. But this year, recognizing that we are, we are all of us are players in the system, Commission, the commission has been very, very aggressive with our advertisement. It's like almost about 150 TV and radio stations everywhere in the country. We are there just to ensure that people go out there and exercise the franchise. And even beyond that, we've taxed our officials. We have about 268 officers in all the districts of our country and we've told them make sure every opportunity you get on the radio station at the market center uh, the churches they must go out there and tell people that the district assembly elections are uh, just uh, underway come next week make sure you go out there and exercise the franchise take time we are mounting the platform where the candidates will be there to present their manifestos to the citizens. Make right. sure you take part and know your assembly members. They are going out of their way telling them that the assembly concept is, 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 is the bedrock of our development. Let's go out there. Let's elect people who assist us. All of us will work together. We can even fix our street lights and some communities can even come together to have programs to uh, transform education in their, in their communities, etc. So I think we, as, a, as an institution we are doing a lot in that regard. So we expect this to be complemented by other organizations. Now, let's deal with the post-election matters. Um, are there any measures put in place 
to ensure that um, when the issues of conflict, mismanagement or mis uh, uh, misunderstandings come up, you have um, the issues put in place or, sorry, measures put in place to address them? You know, one, one of the key things in these elections, uh, in these elections is that you know, the, the, the uh, assembly members, mm -hmm. the results are declared at the electoral Areas. Yes. So when you look at it critically, we have, we are we are running almost about twelve thousand different elections. Mm -hmm. For every electoral area, the candidates are different. Okay. <laughs> so once the results are declared at the electoral area, then it's final. Once the results are declared at the electoral area, it's final. Some places too, it's possible we are going to have what we call they are going to tie. Especially the unit committee. Right. When when that happens, we are going to have another day for elections to break the ties. Because the unit committee, each electoral area, you are electing five people. Mm -hmm. So assuming the fifth and the sixth persons they get the same votes, we have to run another elections for them. So that's the procedure. But apart from that, once we declare the results and you have there is anything which is not clear, then those who have the uh, issues they may have to resort to going to court. To be able to address that, if they have grievances, it should be done, or it should, it should be, be done before, out before, before the elections before. are declared. And, you know, I mentioned we have a deputy returner of deputy returner of special duties, right, in charge of every electoral area, mm. and the electoral areas are almost six thousand two hundred, mm -hmm. two hundred and seventy-two. But because in Kwanza North and South are not part, you take the electoral areas from those places out. Right. So we have officers in charge of these elections in each electoral area. All right. So before the results are declared, if there are grievances, you can uh, share with uh, these officers once they are convinced that it must be investigated. But if not, and the results are declared, then the process has come to an end. Well, so far, has there been any issues of misinformation, communication about the process? Well, so far, I think we've, we've not had that. You know, in 2020 election, we had a lot of uh, I think what the media people call misinformation, disinformation, <laughs> and fake news. What do you call it? No, I, I, have, I have my own understanding. Okay. Uh, maybe that one will be for a different or another platform. <laughs> uh, but for this district assembly, we've not had that. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, maybe the reason why people don't want it to be partisan, this, people see it as more of a patriotic exercise. Let's go out there. And we hear people, many organizations are going out of their way telling people why they should take part in the assembly election. So, so far, the information out there is good. But we do anticipate that in the last few days uh, ahead of the elections, let's all of us be deeply involved. Let's tell people, those of us who go to church, uh, let's our pastors should tell their members, go out there to go and elect your assembly members and unit committee, the mocks, and those who go on Friday, let all of us be deeply involved. And we need to get the assembly right. And this afternoon, over 200 illegal miners have been arrested and 24 persons prosecuted as the Forestry Commission steps up a fight against illegal mining. Uh, we know that uh, the Rapid Response Unit of the Forestry Commission at uh, Javosu arrested 10 uh, persons, including four Chinese nationals and two police officers. 
uh, Detective Sergeant uh, Yahya uh, Andrews and Lance Corporal uh, Azantilo uh, for engaging in illegal mining. Uh, we'll be uh, speaking more about this shortly. Uh, my colleague Erastus Aridonko uh, will be joining us shortly. But first, uh, let's uh, get more uh, from the Forestry Commission. Joyce Ofori Kwafo uh, is Head of uh, Corporate Affairs and Media Relations uh, joining us. Uh, you say that you've arrested uh, 218 illegal miners so far. Uh, how many have been prosecuted as we speak? A good afternoon, Blizzard. I hope you are fine. Yes, thank you for having me on this show. From January to today, as I speak with you, we've been able to arrest 218, and out of that, 24 persons have been successfully prosecuted and handed over their various uh, sentences and fines. The rest of the cases are pending in the various courts across the nation. And um, as soon as it comes to an end, we will let you know the outcomes. But we strongly believe in the judicial system Uh, we seem to be having a challenge uh, there. We'll uh, definitely uh, reconnect uh, and, uh, of course, uh, get you some more uh, updates on that. Uh, I will also, as uh, with the Ecocultural Citizens uh, Ghana, thank you for spending some time with us. The, the point about you know the latest arrest we are hearing of, how is this coming to you as Ecocultural Citizens? Hey, could you, the, the question wasn't clear. The, the sound is a bit low. Uh, how, are you, yes, how, how are you receiving this uh, you know, latest reports that we're getting through from the Forestry Commission? Well, I mean, it's a good thing if um, those um, involved in legal mining are being apprehended. So that can only be a good thing. So it's, um, I would say, to be positive news. Mm. Uh, and let's get a bit of uh, an update uh, once more. Uh, apologies there. We lost, um, you know, uh, the connection to the Forestry Commission. I was asking earlier about... Um, you know, uh, the arrest you've made, the prosecution, you said uh, you'd update us on that, but it goes to the heart of, you know, the question about how you're protecting the uh, forest as well. Uh, what's, what more has been done in terms of reform? We are doing a lot to protect our forest. First, we have our rapid response unit. I'll call it the armed wing of the Forestry Commission, and these are men and women who have undergone training at the Esuchari military camp. And they've been giving guns, you know, to also protect themselves and to protect the forest as well. Now, we also have, um, we also have our frontline staff who have been trained as prosecutors to help with prosecution mm. when we report these cases to the police. You right. know, with, with some, some of the cases, we, we will be in the best position to explain to them how this thing happened and how, you know, this thing is, and, and all those kind of things. So we have trained our own prosecutors. We also have a legal department, a whole legal department in the Forestry Commission who handles such cases when it becomes very tough for some of us. We have good relationship with the judiciary and then the police so that they help us with the prosecution of forest offenders. We, we are doing a lot. Now, we are also... We also have a system called the Community Resource Management Area, a mechanism which has been approved by the government to bring the community members' attention to the fact that they can also benefit from the forest so they don't go into illegalities. 
In fact, there are a lot more that we are doing to protect the forest. And as usual, we carry out our awareness creation and sensitization programs just to tell the people that what we are doing now, we are harming our own selves. Mm. Now, what we know is that when in, in uh, years ago, when two countries are fighting, the first thing one of them will do is to poison the water body or the water source of the other. And as soon as they are able to do that, they will have their way through. But now what do we see? We are doing this to our own selves. Mm. We are killing our own selves. Right. In fact, we have sold our future. When you touch water, you basically touch everything in a country. So we are doing a lot to make sure that our forests are clean, our water bodies are clean, okay. and we reach all the forest reserves of illegal operators. Okay. okay. Uh, well, let's wrap up. Um, what, what more should we expect the Forestry Commission to do uh, in a bit to you know, push uh, this campaign and to ensure uh, sanity in our you know, forestry? Well, well I mean, they need, first of all, what they are doing, I'm sure that um, they themselves know that it may be a step in the right direction, but of course, we more needs to be done because as has been rightly said, we face an existential threat. Poisoning our water bodies, doing it ourselves is just um, unbelievable. But what we also need to do is to also prosecute those who have, uh, we know have destroyed our forest reserves. I, we still don't know what is happening to um, the destruction that, uh, for example, Akunta mining is alleged to have done. Within Professor Frimpong Boateng's report, there are high flies named as having been involved in legal mining in our forest. And I'm sure the Forestry Commission would also add its voice to having LI-2462 revoked, because I'm sure um, you would agree with me that it does not help to have mining in forest reserves, especially when they are um, globally significant um, biodiversity area. So yes, there's a step in the right direction, but we need obviously to... Um, or shall I say, we double our efforts because when the last tree dies, the last man dies. And there's absolutely no point in going to COP28 when we ourselves are actively destroying our forests. It's just uh, unacceptable and uh, something needs to be done. I was concerned about the safety of the forestry um, officers because we had reports of some having been shot by well-armed illegal miners. But since we are being told that they're well-protected, then there's some comfort in that because they are the ones putting their lives on the line when they are truly trying to do their job. Any final words uh, from the Forestry Commission uh, to the people of Ghana? I'll use this opportunity to appeal to all and sundry that the forests that are there, in as much as Forestry Commission has been named as the one protecting it, the benefits are being enjoyed by all. So let us all protect our forests. Let's say no to Galamse and illegal felling of trees in the forest. Let's say no to poaching. And as we are approaching the dry season, we should be careful of bush fires. Mm. And if we are able to protect our water bodies, we protect our lives. We protect these water bodies for posterity. And um, the country will be an enjoyable one for all, all of right. us. But if this continues, we also appeal to community members especially to give the Forestry Commission information about anything or anybody they suspect of being an illegal operator right. in the forest. They mm. should kindly inform us and we will quickly take action. 
Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. And that's uh, Joyce. Joyce, thank you for spending some time with us. And also to you, I will ask her. Uh, joining the conversation on uh, to Parliament because the minority there is warning that there will be a significant hike in the cost of fish at uh, this festive period due to a myriad of uh, factors, mainly uh, the scarcity of Fremix fuel contributing to the uh, debate on the approval of the budget for the Fisheries Ministry. Minority spokesperson on food and agriculture, Eric Opoku, explained that the uh, fisher folk have been struggling to assess Fremix fuel over the last few months. So... For 2023, the Premier Secretariat targeted the supply of 107 million liters of premier's fuel. Unfortunately, as at the end of September, the, the, the Secretariat is reporting that only 25 million have been discharged out of 107 million. Mr. Speaker, within the same period last year, the Ministry was able to do 39 million. So you see that this year, the fishers are not getting the premise fuel. The only explanation the ministry gave was that suppliers are unwilling to supply the premise because of the forest losses. The vulnerability in the exchange rates leading to forest losses, as a result of which our farmers are not getting uh, the premise fuel. So they are now buying from the market at the prevailing market prices. And that explains why fish prices are going up. Mr. Speaker, the food inflation we are witnessing is partly being driven by prices of fish in our country because the fishers are not getting the subsidized premise well, even though they are ready to pay the little that they have to pay. And government is also ready to subsidize it. The extreme grade vulnerabilities is having a toll in all these sectors. And it's an issue that must be addressed urgently, especially now that we are moving into the Christmas festivities, where a lot of families will be consuming fish. The price of fish is likely to go up during the festivities because the demand will rise. You know, Eric Opoku says uh, the 2021 Best uh, Fisherman has uh, still not received his award of a two-bedroom house, and the uh, Fisheries uh, Ministry is now requesting additional funds from Parliament to construct the house. Farmers' Day celebration. Mr. Speaker, this is a very important celebration that every Ghanaian must observe. Unfortunately, during the celebration... Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder... La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. The best uh, fish farmer is not given the award. In 2021, the best fish farmer was to be given two-bedroom house. The ceremony which was attended by His Excellency the President and all the state operators. Mr. Speaker, it was all over the country that the best fish farmer was going to be given two-bedroom house. As we speak, the house has not been completed. And the ministry is now asking for 500 million, 500,000 Ghana cities, 500,000 Ghana cities to be able to complete the building and then hand it over to the best fish farmer. Mr. Speaker, this is something that must not be told in the way. 
You don't have to allow this to happen. Somebody has worked very hard to put food on our table. And as a nation, we want to recognize his contributions. We are saying that, look, we are giving you this as an award. We have told the whole world that we are giving the person two-bedroom house. 2021, we are now doing 2024 budget. And we are now looking for 50,000 to be able to complete the facility and hand over to the person. Conservation Fisheries Minister Howard Coombson explained that the delay in awarding the fisher folk, uh, the fisherman uh, actually with uh, the two-bedroom house, was due to some uh, investigations conducted into the award. Mr. Speaker, you also made mention about the Best Farmers Award. The reason why we are not done with the building is he knows very well that there was an issue with that award winner. So we took almost eight months to one year to do investigation to make sure that the fisher had no problem before we could allow the construction to go. So if the ranking member is saying we are left with 500,000 Ghana CD to complete, it means we have done the major part of the project and I think it's left with about just some few touches to complete and it will be given to the, 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 the winner. And this year's winners, last year winners award, I've been given to them already. And former President John Ramani Mahama sits back again at uh, critics of the uh, campaign promise of a 24-hour economy through the, uh, though he actually admits that some institutions are already working around the clock, a future NDC government uh, will make it easier for Wall to operate. Uh, he spoke at a meeting with some party executives in the Western North region as he begins a two-day building Ghana tour uh, to that part of the country. I will say, my uncle's 24 hour economy, my printing, I will t shirt also. I know you're just one of your economic instruments, your PCAD, a Kenyan economy, not a common figure. Since I'm a cast, I'm no MC, Nipper Bibria, Yano. I say, oh, not a 24 hour economy or other. Me per se, your PCA, yeah, come home. And so I say, oh, a Juma Bakumi, you'll be a 24 hour economy. Station now, in PP flag bearer, Dr. Mahmoud Obami has revealed uh, how uh, pained he is about the conflict in Boko that has claimed uh, countless lives and also disrupted economic activities in the area. Boko, one of the Ghana's biggest commercial border towns in the Upper East region, has uh, suffered instability due to a protracted decade. A uh, decade, actually, of uh, old tribal conflicts. But Dr. Mahmoud Obamia, who was addressing the overlord of the Kusago Kingdom during his homecoming uh, tour, passionately indicated that the loss of lives are needless and avoidable because uh, they are all one people. We cannot, however, be successful 
in our quest to eradicate poverty and bring development to our people in an atmosphere of conflict. We need peace for development. Ghana is a peaceful country. It is the most peaceful country in West Africa and the most and the second most peaceful country in the whole of Africa. God willing, as president, I will maintain Ghana's status as a very peaceful nation. Your Majesty, as a son of the North, I am very pained by the conflict we have in Boko between Kusasis and Mamprosis. This conflict has led to needless loss of lives and disrupted economic activity and development in Boko. It is really sad. Fundamentally, we are really one people. We have intermarried over the years, and our languages are very similar. I believe with every bone in my body that it is possible to have peace and harmony between Kusasis and Mantrosis in And you have tasked me to make sure that happens. And I will work towards that. We have to work towards it. It is possible. Meanwhile, the Boku chief says he has the firm belief that Dr. Mahmoud Obamia will end the conflict. David Adoliba uh, read a statement on his behalf. I have a firm belief that if you become president, you will, you will want to preside over a peaceful nation and a peaceful Kusak traditional area that will support your vision for development. It is my belief that you have what it takes to bring this conflict to an end to help save lives and property. I have keenly observed your progress in politics and you have demonstrated humility, respect, calmness, unity, and genuine commitment to people which are good traits for leadership. I therefore want to appeal to you to take all appropriate steps to bring peace to Boko. This is a task and I am assigning you, this is a task I am assigning you and I have no doubt that you can and will successfully deliver this to the glory of Kusar and Mampugu in particular and Ghana as a whole. And back here in the capital, road uh, traffic crashes in the uh, Ashanti region rose by some 24% in 2022 in efforts to reduce road crashes especially during the festive season tipper track operators and other light vehicle drivers in kwasi have been engaged in road safety precautionary practices the workshop organized by the automobile companies under tech limited aims to reduce the rampant uh, accidents in the region 
Data from the Ashanti Regional Office of the National Road Safety Authority indicates 350 fatalities have been recorded this year, as against 377 fatalities at the same time last year. Zondatech Ghana Limited, a heavy and light-duty automobile company, organized a road safety education for drivers to heighten road crash preventive practices. The second edition of the public awareness campaign engages motorists, pedestrians and the general public on safety measures to prevent road accidents. Human Resource Manager of Zondatech Ghana, Daniel Amor, says the event forms part of the firm's corporate responsibility. He's admonishing drivers to seek proper and regular car servicing and maintenance. Machines made in such a way that at a point in time it will need servicing. So we want all drivers to take their servicing seriously. Zondatech Ghana Limited. One of our core values is to place safety first. We want to reduce road accidents in Ghana, especially during this Christmas period. And checking the statistics from the National Road Safety Authority, you can see that the accident rate has reduced. And we believe we are part of the partners or the contributors to this great achievement by in Ghana Road Safety. The Ashanti Regional Director of the Road Safety Authority, Akwasi Ajenim Boatin, emphasized the need to comply with laid-out road regulations in curbing road accidents. We are, we are advising uh, most of the drivers to be uh, safety conscious. Let's say observing uh, road traffic rules and regulations, issues like uh, fatigue driving, a lot of people will travel. So we will encourage most of the drivers to have adequate rest uh, before they embark upon their journey. We have a checklist that they are to follow. So if you are to abide by all these rules and regulations, we will have a lot of uh, a minimum issue with the law with respect to road safety and also ensure our safety. Shanti Regional Manager for the Red Cross Society is entreating entities to prioritize first aid education. If you are a driver, the most important thing you need to do is to learn first aid so that in case of any emergency, you can render first aid. If you don't know first aid, and there's an accident, you can't do anything about it. So as a community, as a country, you need to think of how to equip ourselves in first aid so that when there is any accident and casualties are involved, you need to go in there and render first aid. Some beneficiaries said the education has been an eye-opener. <laughs> And the Ministry of Education is opening workshops of technical and vocational institutes for industry to maximize their commercial value. Deputy Minister in charge of TVET, Gloria Chumampofo, explains this will enhance practical knowledge of students and also improve efficiency of industry through the use of modern workshops in and industries. Uh, she has been uh, touring some of the TVET institutions in the Ashanti region as uh, fresh students are being admitted. And I Ojima has more. Through a foreign partnership, technical and vocational institutions in Ghana have taken delivery of modern tools and equipment to enhance teaching and learning. Aside from their use for practical lessons for students, these facilities are fit for industry. Deputy Minister for Education, Gifty Chum Ampofo, explains the training institutes are open for industry partnership in the commercial use of the workshops. All these machines are industrial machines. They are not just for learning. They are state-of-the-art TVET equipment, which are also industrial machines, to ensure that as we use them in teaching, we can also use them to do commercial production. So with those interactions, we open up and we collaborate. The schools are setting up 
commercial centers that are some of the departments they can use to generate funds to maintain and support all these facilities. And also these private sector will come with, as I was saying, they are consumables. So as the heads of the department, the industry owners, the students are working to produce these parts for the industries, the students are gaining competence. Already, a body of skilled professionals has been set up by law to help in the development of curriculum for the institutions. The deputy minister explains the measures taken to deepen the relationship between technical institutions and industry. The Commission for TIVA is an agency which is bringing academia close to industry. As of now, we have set some bodies we call sector skill bodies. It is in the Act 1023. The sector skill bodies are bringing experts in various uh, skilled areas, commercial skilled areas, into a body which continually interact with the CTVET to develop curricula which is useful for present generation and future, but not past generation. The minister has been touring some technical institutions as part of efforts to improve technical education. Government has secured a loan facility of 5 million euros to construct a center of excellence for technical education at the Kumasi Technical Institute. Principal of KTI, Gabriel Kensford Osei, speaks of the impact. So we are trying to collaborate with the industries outside so that they can also bring their work into the institution for us to also do. Whilst we are doing that, it will serve as a training ground for the students and also um, raise uh, or generate income for the institution for us to uh, carry out our operations. For Joy News, Nanea Ojima, Kumasi. And some senior high schools in the Ashanti and Bono East regions are missing out on practical experience in studying information communication technology. Students in two of such schools in Kranza SHS and also St. Jerome SHS uh, take turns to access a uh, congested computer room and go through the curriculum with a single uh, functioning laptop owned by their subject teacher. Clinton Yeboah reports on the frustration of hundreds of students seeking uh, some help uh, and also to grasp the theory and pra uh, practical aspects of ICT. St. Jerome Senior High School has a student population of over 2,500 taking ICT studies in a poorly ventilated room with few operational computers. The absence of suitable ICT labs hampers the ability of students to explore and experiment with the various computer literacy subjects and technologies covered in class. Teacher, the students who say they don't understand, they don't understand. And the teacher always bring laptop to the class, bring phone, write notes, but still we don't understand. So he always tells that we, those that have laptops, should bring so that we do group learning and learn, but still. Uh, we don't, we always find it difficult to learn and we are not always happy with it. So because of that, they always say it's not, we fail in the ICT a lot. In my class, we fail a lot. The circumstance is similar at Inkranza Senior High Technical School where a limited number of outdated computers accompanied by exposed electrical wiring serve as the only means of ICT learning for over 3,000 students. Collins Eduyeboa is the headmaster of Inkranza Senior High School. 
Uh, previously, we had a few um, obsolete um, la um, computers in this uh, facility. But looking at the place, they have refurbished it, the security doors, everything is in place. As an intervention, Hello World organization led by Evans Edusei Jr. has handed over fully furnished computer laboratories to Nkranza Senior High Technical School and St. Jerome Senior High School to boost digital studies. 30 new smart computers, a printer copy machine, and power supplies with improved internet connectivity have been installed in each of the schools. The physical environment of the labs has been overhauled with painted rooms, tiled floors, new fans and air conditioners, security doors and windows to improve learning and teaching. The gesture by Hello World organization aims to equip the underprivileged students with the skills and knowledge to navigate the challenges and opportunities of the current digital age. Founder and CEO of Hello World organization, Evans Adusei Jr., says the new development will bridge the gap in IT studies and foster growth of the local technology sector. Um, I see the changing landscape in technology. Um, I've become very aware that we're now moving into a new phase uh, in, the in the technology space, which is artificial intelligence. And I believe that uh, Ghanaians can harness the education into artificial intelligence to close the gap between countries like Ghana and even the United States. Uh, it gives us the best opportunity to leapfrog that gap that, uh, that's been created. And I believe that if we invest in, uh, in these types of programs and in these students, uh, they will grow, they will learn, they will create jobs uh, using their entrepreneurial spirit, and that will cascade to all other industries, which hopefully will uplift Ghanaians and uh, the standard of living for most. Beneficiaries showed appreciation for the positive impact the ICT centers will exert on their educational experiences. Mary Boache is the headmistress of St. Jerome Senior High School. With the provision of these HP machines, which are in advanced form, I believe is going to enhance the study of the elective ICT especially. I'm also expecting that these machines will go a long way to help us in our quest for academic uh, excellence. Reporting for Joy News Clinton, Jebwa. And we check out what's happening in Europe because anti-Semitism is on the rise in Germany. 29 anti-Semitic incidents are being recorded every day in the country and there's uh, been a marked increase since the war began between Israel and Hamas. Political correspondent Thomas Sparrow joins us uh, now from Berlin. Uh, he's with our partners at DW on this. And Thomas, how big of a problem is this uh, anti-Semitism in Germany, especially giving... Uh, Germany's own history. Anti-Semitism has been a big problem in Germany for a very long time. It was already a big problem even before the war began between Israel and Hamas. But since the war began, the problem has become an even greater one, an even more sensitive one. This has to do, obviously, because of Germany's troubled history, but it also has to do with the debates that are going on here in German society since that war began between Israel and Hamas. And we've heard from different German officials stressed that the number of anti-Semitic incidents has increased very significantly since the war began. Incidents including attacks, including also damaging Jewish property. This is undoubtedly a very important problem, a very difficult challenges that authorities here have to deal with. Uh, and I'm just wondering how politicians, for instance, are reacting. Uh, what's, what's been done, actually, uh, to tackle this problem? 
One immediate decision that was taken by authorities is to increase protection of Jewish institutions, of Jewish buildings. A second element in Germany's strategy to tackle anti-Semitism is to ban groups that the German government considers may be spreading anti-Semitic propaganda. Then there's also the issue of awareness, of raising awareness among Germans, also among foreigners here in the country when it comes to the sensitivity of this problem, the difficulty of tackling anti-Semitism in the country. The German government has put in place a strategy to deal with this issue. But as I've stressed before, it is a very difficult problem and one that is not only important immediately now, but that is also important in the medium to long term as well. And does the uh, question about, uh, you know, the German society, uh, let's talk about that as well. People are also concerned about this rise in anti-Semitism. The rally that I attended at the weekend was not the first rally to deal with this issue, but it was significant because it had the support of many, many people in in Germany, high-ranking politicians, including members of the federal government, including the president of the German parliament, also celebrities and former athletes. And although fewer people attended than maybe some expected, in part because the weather was not very good here in Berlin, it was an issue that people told me was very important to stress the need that Germany has to tackle this problem of anti-Semitism. This is, by the way, something that you also see in several polls that have been published since the war began between Israel and Hamas, that there is the specific need to tackle the issue of anti-Semitism, not only here in Berlin, but also in other parts of Germany as well. Thomas Farrell with our partners at DW. And that's all we have for you here in this package of the polls. I'm blessed as you can log on to myjoronline.com. We have lots of updates on our stories for you. Thanks for your time. Next is Let's Talk Showbiz, but that will be after this break. Thank you. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.